Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of Live Free Podcast, where we talk about living a life of freedom, expansion, and rest in Christ Jesus. Okay, so today's topic is going to be about church hurt, and we're going to be talking about um, church as it relates to persecution, as it relates to uh, grace, <laughs> as it relates to um, just being an overcomer in spite of the persecution and the pain, I truly and really believe and feel um, that being in church has its, um, and being a part of a ministry has its benefits, but then sometimes it could be your worst nightmare. Okay. So today I, what I feel like God is doing is he wanted me to tap in and to uh, give my testimony on how I overcame church hurt and how I overcame all of the persecution. And uh, I feel like I was the enemy of the church. Like, <laughs> and in my period of being saved 22 years or a period of time, I was only in church a period of three and a half years. Um, I have not been a part of a membership now since 2009. Um, I didn't say I wasn't a part of God. Mm -hmm. I said I wasn't a part of a church. And so this is my journey. And maybe this testimony, and I'm sure it will help someone else that is probably going through a situation in terms of not knowing if they should leave a church, stay, or not knowing if it's the right church for them. So I was just recording and realized that the recording didn't take. So here I am again, right? So I'm like, okay, well, maybe I shortened it this time because I was a little lengthy. So anyway, so I just want to give my testimony and um, break some things off. You know, if you're feeling like um, you're in a place that you shouldn't be, or if you feel like you're in the right place, but you don't understand what's going on right now, I'm here to tell you two can be true at the same time. Because the place I was in over a period of three and a half years, I was at the first church for eight months. I was at the second church for uh, two years. And then I was at the third church for um, 10 months. So, and there was one in between that I said, oh, I'm not even doing that. <laughs> so um, my journey started as, you know, being saved when I was younger, you know, and always having an awareness with God, but not a real true conversion until the year of 2000 of June. And I didn't have that conversion in church. I had that conversion in my bedroom. Um, I had a real encounter with the presence of God. Um, no, I was just sick and tired of being sick and tired, uh, tired of living the life I was living, tired, tired of all the garbage and the mess and all of the craziness that comes with worldly things, okay? Um, all of the mess. So, you know, I it started with a song. And from that point, you know, I think at that time it was Yolanda Adams opened my heart. It got came on in and I got it converted right in my bedroom. It started in my bed and I ended up on the floor. I'm talking about true repentance, crying, snot, tears with godly sorrow. Lord, take my life, do something with it. That whole kit and caboodle. Nobody ministered. God, the Holy Spirit arrested me right in my bedroom. And I thank God for it. Because from that point forward, I think that was the catalyst that catapulted me into the personal relationship. 
you know, because sometimes, you know, if you tend to have, and, and God can do it however he wants to do it for any one of us. It doesn't, it's not a certain way that we have to be converted or come to him. He decides that, you know, everybody has different experiences, but I'm talking about for me. So for me and my experience, I feel like that cut up, cut up to me into a closer relationship with God because there was nobody else that led me to God, but the spirit of God. So I would always lean on him in spite of me being a part of churches. I always had my personal relationship, um, just eating, drinking and into the word of God like never before. But looking back on my journey, I did not realize that this was a journey that God had me on because he had a greater purpose for me. Um, the making of a prophet, you know, so my gifting and callings, I was commissioned, but I didn't find out that particular thing until 2009, but I got saved in 2000. Um, I always knew I, it was something more that God wanted me to do. I had a greater purpose. I always, always knew that. So, um, but I didn't know what it was because I didn't have no guidance, no direction or anything. And then that's when I, I need a church, you know, so went to church because that's all we know, right? So I went to church and I got, was a part of the first church. It was just more so religious, but there was a spirit of worship in that church. I thank God for it. I love the pastor. She was anointed, but nobody was really moving in the gifts of the spirit. Nobody was really moving in the things of God, right? So fast forwarded, um, I heard from God to go to another church, which is what my sister attended, another church. And um, I was like, Lord, I don't want to leave my church. I did the crying, the snot, and I did all of that because I loved much where I was at. But the warfare started when I got to the next church. So, and, and that was because of the prophetic anointing on my life. Um, and that was because of the calling of God on my life. So when you are a true follower of Jesus Christ, you come into a, a direct conflict with the religious spirits and with the religion, the spirit of darkness. That is a direct, which is why I think this video went out <laughs> the first time, but, but that is a direct encounter because so many Christians and so many people are in religious mode. And they have not tapped into the true power of the Almighty God. They're not walking like apostles walked in the Bible. They're going through the motions and they're going through a religious act. And it's more so about take up a collection, get the tithe, get the money, give them a feel-good service, and we're on to the next service. Nobody is seeing breakthroughs, deliverances, you know, that type of thing. And I kept saying, where is the God of the Bible? I don't see the God of the Bible. So I would go to different conferences. I would go to different um, um, churches to visit, all that good jazz and all that. And so this is how I came into this church, you know, the next church that I went to that I was there for two years. So I ended up going through a process of joining the leadership team. I was on the intercessor team. I was on the morning prayer line. I was on the praise team. I was on every team that it could possibly be. <laughs> and I was just wanting God, wanting God, wanting God. It's not, it wasn't a matter of acts, uh, works, I should say. It wasn't a matter of any of that. I just wanted, because when I was done with that church, I would still go to a conference because I just wanted the presence of God. And I just was, I was just in awe. It had nothing to do with religion. 
I heard from God immediately when I got saved. So if you are not able to hear the voice of God, you go right back in and get get real in his presence. Go close your door aside from church, aside from any of that, and get your personal relationship because all, every believer should be hearing the voice of God, should know how to hear the voice of God. But let me just put, uh, let me just say this. Hearing his voice is great, but knowing his word is greater because that is what's going to keep you from deception. If you do not know the word of God that's in that Bible, you can be deceived by the enemy and you can still be deceived. You have to stay close and you have to know when it's him and when it's not him because the enemy masquerades, as the Bible says, as an angel of light in 2 Corinthians 11. He will masquerade. He's a counterfeit of the real thing. And if you don't know the real thing, you won't know the counterfeit when you see it. So I just want to insert that in there real quick and tell you that. So let me keep going in my journey. So this the second church I went to, that's when all hell broke loose. Okay. And not in all of a sudden, but it was over the, that period of two years that I was there. Because in the period of two years that I was there, that church... Um, was operating in the prophetic anointing, but it was only the pastor and maybe the elder that was operating in the prophetic anointing. Not really even the, the first lady and the other elder, the elder's wife. It was just the elder and the pastor. And if you did feel like God had a word for somebody, you submitted to the pastor and then he would either tell you it's okay or whatever, whatever. So it was a lot of control and restraint in that church. A lot of control. People weren't really free. You knew you had a call of God on your life, but you couldn't move unless the pastor, unless you, unless the pastor seen it on you. So it was a lot of constraint. And I would never forget, my sister was telling me about this message and the message um, that she heard at this other church. And this was her, her green light to get out of there as well, um, which was um, the same church we attended. There's a difference in being a covering and being a lid. You can be a covering, but then you can also be a lid. A lid, what does a lid do? A lid smothers. It pushes you down. A covering covers you, but allows you to grow. So there's nothing wrong with church, but you better know that God has called you to that church. You better know that God has called you to that church, and you better know when your season is up. Because I'm telling you right now, there is nothing worse than staying in a place that God has told you to either move from. There's nothing worse. And I'm going to tell you, when my season was up, and this is why I didn't stay long in those places, but I realized God allowed me to go into these places because he was doing the work in me. See, if it's not God sent it to be God used as well. So even if you feel like, um, well, why did you, you know, if because if, God going to take that and he's going to use that to mold you and shape you into your purpose and your calling. Let me tell you something. There's no shortcuts in, in the kingdom of God. There's no shortcuts in the kingdom of God. I'm going to keep saying that. There's no such thing as getting saved and now I'm speaking on, and I'm, I'm ministering. Now, I'm not saying God won't use you to speak a word to somebody or to minister even when you don't know you're ministering to people. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about being commissioned and sent because there's some people that have not been sent that is speaking. And God has not sent them. So 
there was a process that I had to go through. And even in that process, there was purpose. There's still purpose in everything. God says he'll make all things work together for the good of those that love him. So if you truly love him and you want him and not the pastor and not the, the, the ministers, and you truly want to worship the true living God and you're not caught up and you're not idolizing things, idolizing leadership or idolizing your position, then God will definitely, even if it's, if, if he, he would definitely orchestrate and order your steps. He will order your steps. When your heart is for him, he will order your steps. He'll tell you when to come somewhere. He'll tell you when to leave. He'll show you things about it. And that's even a test. It's a test when God show you things about leadership because that's the ultimate test. Are you going to stay? Are you going to sit there and deal with it just because you they beat over your head, um, you know, do things in decency and order and you don't want to be out of order, that order, you know, you don't want to be. But the thing about it is, I'm going to tell you what happened to me. This particular, the second church I was at, this particular church. Now, the first church I loved, but it, there was just, God wanted more for me. There was no, it was just straight religion. So when I went to the second church, I'm going to tell you what happened to me. At that particular time, um, I don't, let's see, was I, because I was ordained a deacon and all of that good jazz at this at the church. But we we went to a visiting church. Yeah, I was I was a deacon at the time. I was a deacon. So we went to a visiting church. And I, this probably was six months maybe before I ended up leaving the church. And so we went to, he had a prophetic, um, there's a prophet. You know, we went to his church and we was invited. That was divinely orchestrated by God. Excuse me. Because we never really visited other churches. In fact, the pastor had an issue with us even visiting other churches. We had to make sure we was at church every single Sunday. And if we actually visited other churches, that was a problem for him. We visited, my, my sister visited another church and he actually set her down. And that's when we knew it was time to go. Because it was almost like we were no longer children of God or God's people. It was like they felt like they owned us, that we was owned you know, like slaves, like we was on, like, and let, if we, in order to do anything, we had to get their approval. It had turned into that. And there even was a move of God that has ceased. The move of God, when I first got there, that was going, it was so anointing and we was just in the glory and it was prophetic and it was so great that even ceased. So I noticed that there was no more prophetic words going forth that God shut. He's just dried it up completely. And I said to my um, family, I was like, have you noticed that he haven't had a prophetic word in a long time. I said, this is something. I said, now it's going into like a long, long time, like months, like a long time. <laughs> there was no words coming forth. Where at first it was just flowing and everybody was moving and it was flowing. So over a period of time, so what it ended up happening, we went to this visiting church. And sometimes to give you a kind of a background before I tell you what happened. Sometimes I would feel a burning in my chest. Like I'm if, if I'm at the altar uh, at prayer prior to church, because we would have prayer before church started and I would be at the altar and everything. And I would feel a burning sensation or a heaviness on my chest. And I just thought it was the presence of God. I didn't know that it was like Jeremiah fire shut up in my bones because I wasn't prophesying. To, to the very ones that I thought I was out of order for saying anything to. My journey has always been about God putting me 
in a position, even at, in the marketplace at work, when I was working of, uh, in the corporate America, my position has always been like man was more interested in titles, but my position has always been like the Nathans to the Davids, right? The Joseph to the Potiphar's. I was the Moses to the Pharaohs and the Samuel to the Saul's. It was like God would always put me close in close proximity with leadership to be able to speak a word. But before he would put me in that position, he would actually let me sit for a while so they can get to receive and know my character. That way, when I did give a word, I didn't know all of this at first. It, they would be, it would be received as a true word of God because they knew my lifestyle and they knew my walk. So I remember just having that burning sensation in my chest, but I just thought it was the presence of God, right? So we go to this visiting church and he was a this prophet that had an amazing anointing, but that was a whole nother story because some of them joined that church and that, yeah, that was a whole nother story. So, but he, but the gift was there. So the, the Bible says the gift of God is without repentance, you know? So God is not going to give you a gift and then take it back. So you either going to use the gift for evil or you're going to use it for good. That's how it works. This is why you cannot um, marry gifts and characters together because gifting is one thing. You can be gifted in something, but have no character to keep it. So the so sometimes, you know, I, it was a saying that said, your gifting will take you places that your character can't keep you. Just because somebody is gifted and have an anointing does not mean that they are mature enough in the word of God to start moving in that thing. Because sometimes a gift that lacks maturity is a recipe for disaster. So we went to the visiting church and he calls me up there. Now, remember, he's calling me up in front of the elder, the elder's wife, the pastor and the pastor's wife. Now, at that particular moment, I was ordained a deacon. They knew my walk. I was on the intercessory team. I was on the morning prayer line. I'm, and the only reason why I'm telling you all of this because God was establishing me in this church and showing so that when it was time for me to give a word that they knew it was of God. It wasn't because I was so great and I was doing all these things and that I was so involved in so many things. That had nothing to do with it. He was setting, setting, setting the stage. See, the thing about it is the enemy meant it for our bad, but God will take something and make it work for our good. We think we're being destroyed and ripped apart, <laughs> but God is setting the stage for a greater purpose. So he called me up there and he anointed um, the, my head with oil. And he began to prophesy to me about them while they were sitting right there. This was a, a moment in my life, a turning, turning point in my life that, that actually delivered me from caring about what people think and delivered me from not obeying God, but fearing men. And the scripture says, you know, according to Acts 5 and 29, it says about, this is what it says about people pleasing. Peter said, we must obey God rather than human beings. And then Paul went on to say in Galatians 1 and 10, he said, obviously I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. And then, you know, you go through the criticism, rejection, and the persecution. And in 1 Thessalonians 2 and 4, it also says, our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the motives of our hearts.
And I'm saying that to say there are so many people that that should be speaking a word or uh, or moving in things and they're not moving in things because they're waiting on the pastor or they're waiting on the elder to give them the okay or they're waiting on the church to confirm them when God has already confirmed you. It's people that's watching this video right now that know they're supposed to be moving and doing something, but they don't want to be out of order. Well, I'm here to tell you that God says that he overrides, he's over all authority and he overrides all authority. And that God is saying, if he is telling you to do something, you need to obey God rather than man. Because what's happening is if you was going to continue to sit there and not move in the things that God has called you to move in because you're waiting on validation from your pastor or you're waiting on validation from somebody to tell you um, you're sadly mistaken. You're going to be in a world of, 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 of um, I should say, stagnant. You're going to be stagnant. And the reason why I say this is because time is moving. Time is going. The world is moving. Christ is coming back. He's coming back soon. But what happens is now you have allowed that pastor or that leader or that person to become your God because now what they say is override what God is telling you to do. And see, the thing about it with this is you have to be careful because even in corporate America, you can be held back because when sometimes when people know that you're good at something or that they they want you to stay because they know your service is, is A1 and they know that you are totally submitted to God and that you're going to be obedient to, to whatever they tell you to do because you, they know that you're not going to be disobedient to authority. It's kind of like they'll put you in a place of bondage and they'll put you in a place of, of a holding pattern where you cannot move in the things of God. But see, God is going to hold you accountable for that. And the reason why is because... You have now allowed that person or that pastor or that leader or that manager to become your God. When God has unctioned you and he's already put in your spirit, he's already showed you what he wants you to do. He showed you where he wants you to be. He showed, he's telling you to move. He's telling you to leave the church. Okay. He's telling you, stop waiting for people to validate you. I've already validated you. So, my thing was, he prophesied to me right in front of the very people. He said, it's like Jeremiah, fire shut up in your bones. You have felt a burning in your chest. He said, and he said, and that's God. He said, do you understand what you have done? He said, you have held up other people's deliverance because you care about what other people think. He said, don't be like Jonah. He said, you know, he got thrown off the well. Don't be like Jonah. He got thrown off into a well. He said, you have to obey God, basically, in a nutshell, is what he was saying. If God is giving you a word, he said, and the thing about it is, he said, the very people that you are, um, are not saying things to is the very people that God wants you to give the word to. And I knew immediately it was them four sitting on the right side of me. And I just kept my head straight, my arms up in the air. And I said to myself, never again would I ever do that. Will I ever be rebuked and reprimanded because I was more concerned with being out of order. I was more concerned with being. Now, there's a way to do things and a way that God will give you to actually say things to people, not nasty or anything like that. But at the same and God knew that wasn't my, my heart anyway. I wouldn't have did that anyway. But at the same time, it was like, I'm telling you to say certain things to them. But wouldn't you know? That when it was time for me to go and I left that church, 
I left that church and, and had a meeting with the pastor and I was able to give a word to both him and the first lady. I was able to give a word. And, and I'm telling you, that's, that was the whole reason God has set me up to be in now in the process. I got blessed from, for being obedient for on, in that assignment. That was an assignment. Sometimes God will send you in a place you think it's for um, like a, a corporate America. You think a job, you think the job, it's, it's not even about the job. It's about the assignment on your life. And what I have noticed in my life is no matter where I go and what I do and who I'm with or around, God always had a way of putting me close to leadership. I can start off all the way in the back, not wanting the, not wanting the spotlight, not wanting anything. And some kind of way before it's all said and done, he moves me right on up there and put me up close to that leadership. Again, I was the Joseph to the Potiphar's and the Nathans to the Davis. And even in the workplace, and even in corporate America, no matter what position I've held, he's always put me in a position to be next to leadership. And when I say leadership, I'm not talking about no managers. I'm not talking about no shift net managers. I'm talking about vice presidents, senior vice presidents, presidents. That's what I'm talking about. No matter what job it was, I can start off in an entry-level position. And before you know it, I'm sitting next to the vice president or senior vice president or the CEO. That's how I've always, even in the workplace, he, he's even used me to minister to vice presidents, senior vice presidents. I was assigned to this one senior vice president for 10 years. And then left there, went to another entry-level position. He found, not found the way, but he ended up putting me, taking me out of that role, laying me off. And then I went right back into the same company. They, they I called me back, went right back into the same company. But this time, but I went in for an entry-level position. But this time, he, when I got there, I thought I was going in for that. And they end up putting me upstairs with all of the, the president's CEOs and directors. So now I'm sitting up there doing the work of a claims adjuster on the seventh floor, which was unheard of. And I'm sitting there at the receptionist desk and a claims adjuster. But throughout that process, I developed a close relationship with all of the higher ups up there. You see how it works? So that has always been my thing, no matter where I went, even even in the grocery store. I went in the grocery store, and this was during my stripping. God, after I lost that job of 11 years, God then sent, I was homeless, the whole thing. And I'm going to do a testimony on that. That's a whole nother video. But what I'm realizing, and now I realize looking back, that was the making of a prophet. That's why I say ain't no shortcuts in God. So even though God may have you in a place just know that his grace is sufficient for you. And if he's telling you to move, because I'm one thing I'm, 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 I can honestly say, I don't stay past where God tells me to stay past. If I know God is moving me out of a church and moving me away from a thing, I move. Now, throughout the, this period of time that I was in this church, they weren't speaking to me. They, they would, they would, um, they didn't like my, I was a direct threat. I didn't understand what was happening. It wasn't because I, I'm not a mean person and I'm not trying to toot my own horn. God knows I'm not, but I could not understand why nobody liked me. And then, um, 
I was still, you know, cleaning the church, doing what I was supposed to do, whatever, whatever. But it was almost because I was more like reserved and I wasn't like telling all my business and telling things that was going on in my household and all that. And, and more, everybody else was more liberal and more free to just tell all their business, tell all their marital business and all that crazy stuff. Like just because somebody is your pastor and your leader, that does not mean you have to tell them everything that's going on in your life. God is, God wants to be that person. And a lot of time, and, and to this day, all those people are divorced now, by the way. But, and I'm not talking about the leaders. I'm talking about the people who were a part of the ministry who were married. They're all, every last one of them divorced, okay, that they married, that the pastor married. They're all divorced. Um, so God is not calling you to, to, to look at them as being God, I should say. God, everything that you're telling people, God wants you to tell him because he's the only one that can really do something about it. <laughs> and then on top of that, after you tell people stuff, then that becomes the Sunday morning ser sermon. That's another thing I didn't like. And I'm just so glad that I was the way I was because it felt like I was pulling against the grain. But what I really was doing was obeying God. And the spirits didn't like that. The religious spirits didn't like that. So I wouldn't bend, I wouldn't budge. Um, it was oh, don't let Pastor Bell hear you saying oh, don't let don't let Pastor don't let the pastor don't let the pastor see you doing this. Don't let the pastor. And I said, God sees everything. What about respecting Him? And see, that was the the way I came with it. You see what I'm saying? Because the thing about it is, if things doesn't point back to Jesus, then then it's then it's not it's not profitable and it's not good, guys. It's not good. So I said all of this to say. That if you, you know, I've been rejected, criticized, the whole getting caboodle. And I've even gone, they've even gone so far to say, if you don't like it, you can leave. Not to me directly, but in a sermon. <laughs> but I knew they were talking about me. But it was, and I'm saying, am I really hearing this? Is this, this is not, this is crazy. This has turned from a beautiful thing, has turned into confusion and a warfare. And I said, okay, so... I ended up leaving, needless to say. Um, Neela ended up leaving that church. And then um, I didn't go to church for five years. Five years after that, I won't know part of it. I was so hurt. I poured my heart and soul, you know, into, you know, being obedient and just didn't want no part of it. So I ended up opening up again and going to another church. <laughs> This is actually another church my sister went to. And I thought this was going to be different because they are moving in the apostolic prophetic, amazing uh, prophetic uh, apostolic church. Amazing. That ended up turning out to be, you can leave if you don't like it. And I'm just summing it all up. And that was 10 months. But that's actually, uh, both places were a blessing. Even though things happened, it was still a blessing. But you have to know when not to overstay your welcome. You have to know when the grace of God has been removed. Because I'm telling you, the prior church, not the one, the last one I was at, but the prior church when we went on a spiritual retreat, um, because we didn't have money to go, <laughs> that was another thing, poverty, lack, all that stuff. Anything that you have submitted to that you're going to be subject to. And that's what God told me. God says, wherever you submit, you become subject to whatever's going on in there. So if you come on, come under the authority 
of a of a church that is in poverty, lack, that uh, a church that that is not this religious and all that type of stuff, you're going to fall, you're going to become subject to all those spirits and all those things. And then you have to be careful that when you leave these places, that you do some deliverance, you do some, you, because I'm telling you them familiar spirits and the, and the spirit of that, that leader and the spirit of those things that was happening in the house will follow you wherever, anywhere you're going. So you better be careful that you break that off for you, that you renounce it, that you repent and that you get on out of there and 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 don't bring that with you to the next place because if not people so well, some people don't realize they re, they don't realize that they take the same spirit with them even in relationships you know that in relationships when somebody has hurt you when somebody has hurt you what do you do you go into the next relationship with that same hurt and the same triggers why because you have taken that same spirit to that next relationship so it works the same way in church because that's a relationship. Think about it. It's a relationship just like just like being in a romantic relationship. You have to break that off. You have to untie them soul ties from that leadership. That stuff has to be broken off you. Otherwise, you will take that right to the next place. Trust me when I tell you, I've seen that. So then go to the next place. And this was an apostolic prophetic, you know, they were moving and flowing. It was five years later. It was great when it started off once again, but it seemed like the higher you go and the higher the call, you are a direct threat to the kingdom of darkness. When you have made up your mind to really serve God, that's where the persecution comes in. That's where the rejection, that's where the criticism comes in. That's where all these things come in. But this is what I love about it. That church was a big blessing to me. And I'm going to tell you why. That is where I, I got... I really, the way God spoke to me and commissioned me to do greater works. Um, I realized I had a deliverance ministry at that point, and it was so many great and wonderful things spoken. And um, and I knew it was God, you know, to to let me know the path that I should be on and what my purpose was. And that's huge. That's huge. I wouldn't change it for anything because that put me on the right path, big time. Um, it also allowed me, so now this church would allow you to have a word. They would allow you to minister in your calling, but then that went south. <laughs> so I just want to say that when the time was up, God snatched me out of there. I got just what I needed and I left. Now what happens is for some people, they, over, they overstay their welcome. And I'm gonna give you an example. There was an apostle years ago that told this story. I went to a deliverance conference. Um, she was amazing. Her name is Apostle Kimberly Daniels, and she has an awesome um, deliverance mantle that she carries. It's awesome. And, and so I was at this conference, and she was giving her testimony about how she was going to speak at um, a church. And so she, she was only supposed to be there three days or so like that. And I may be off a little bit with the story, but the I, I want to get to the point. So she was only supposed to be there three days, but the people convinced her to stay longer because they really wanted her to minister the whole week or whatever. And so she's like, uh, you know, I'm supposed to only be here three, but I, okay. But she said she knew God had only told her just three days and leave. She was disobedient. So she said what ended up happening was um, she stayed. And so her husband had went out for a minute. She was at the hotel on the couch relaxing or whatever, whatever. And she wasn't asleep. She was just laying back on the couch. And this thing, actually, demonic spirit appeared in the hotel room. It looked like the predator, she said. It looked exactly like the predator. Picked her up, swung her around, and threw her. <laughs> and 
it was she was in some warfare. This was a big thing. And when her husband came back in, she had everything packed up. He said, what happened? She said, let's get, let's go. Let's get, I was disobedient. Let's go. So what God allowed, God allowed something to happen because she was disobedient. And see, what happens is, it's more so that you either people pleasing or you are allowing that thing to become a God. And God will have no other gods before him and the idols and things of that nature. And so I'm saying all of that to say, um, for church, church hurt. Um, I was so hurt. I had to get so much healing behind it because when I, when I, when I go places, I put my heart and soul into it, you know, and I'm, and I'm all, it's all about Jesus. I'm not. And I think a lot of times I was rejected and criticized because I will not bow down to a pastor. I will not bow down to idols. I will not bow down to being conformed and I didn't realize that was because of my deliverance mantle there's no way you can deliver other people and you got them same demons in you <laughs> so what God was doing was he had set my face like flint it was like stone and even though I would operate in love and compassion and you know just that whole kitten caboodle he would not allow me to conform to, to go with the masses or go with the flow of everybody else just because everybody else was running behind people and everybody else was tripping and falling and licking and laughing and doing all that. He would not allow me to do that. He would allow me to, I will be steadfast, in love and unmovable. And because of that, it was a direct conflict happening. It wasn't because I was like talking down or, or disrespecting. It was none of that. I was humble. But the thing about it is when things would arise, I would not conform if they don't say, um, you know, he would always say, and how I know this is because he would always say, oh, so you, you more reserved, like you, you're not, you not, you don't, you don't really talk much. You don't, you don't really, that's not why I come to church. I don't come to church to tell you my business and tell you every dirty deed that's going on in my house, or I don't have no dirty laundry to, to air. I'm sorry. I know all these people coming in with all these problems, but my problems go to Jesus. They don't go to you because you can't do nothing about them. I don't worship pastors. I don't worship. I don't do any of that. So that was a direct conflict. And what I realized now looking back is God was making me, shaping me, molding me to be prophetic, to be a prophet, to, to walk in deliverance. The thing about it with deliverance is, baby, you got to walk the straight and narrow because I'm telling you right now. If you don't remain humble, repentant, and stay in a posture, that, that's, a, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. You know, so I didn't know at the time until I got up to uh, 2009 when I started getting words um, that God has commissioned me to do greatest work, greater works and commissioned me to do deliverance and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's what this is all about. This is why I'm being attacked on every level or whatever, whatever. So I'm saying all of this to say, Know when to fold them. Know when to get out of a place. Know when to leave. Um, know when um, that there are no shortcuts. That all leaders are tested. All leaders are stretched. And all leaders are trained. Um, it's a continual learning and elevating uh, from glory to glory. You're going to, as a leader, there are no shortcuts in God. <laughs> if God has got a purpose for your life, I went through a series of stripping. I went through a series. I lost everything. <laughs> Do you hear me? But it was all God. 
You can see God's hand in all, in all of it, in all of it. It's a difference when you're going through a testing season and a stripping season, my God, versus the devil just using you as a ragdoll and just wreaking havoc in your life. There's a difference because I'm going to tell you how I know the difference. When God is in it, there's provision and there's protection. So no matter where he sent me, I was protected. There was grace on it. Because why? I moved when he say move. And even after all of that, only being in church three and a half years, been saved 22 years. And even after all of that, I left all those churches. He had me going to conferences for deliverance. He had me going to, um, going to online, going to church online. He had me doing all these different things. And then he had me to sit with another prophet. It was like Elisha and Elisha. She was 20 years my senior. She was a mentor that we we stayed connected for three years and God had me to learn under her, okay? And we would go to different conferences together. We would, it was amazing. It was amazing. But I'm saying all of this to say, I got to know God outside of the church. Now, the church was a part of my process and a part of my development and a part of my um, um, development. You know, but I'm here to tell you, church is not the end all be all. And in, in most cases, God will move you out just to get to know him. In order, sometimes in order to get to know God, he will have to move you to uh, and, and call you unto himself. If you read the Bible, most prophets, John the Baptist, um, most um, people in the Bible, Daniel, Ezekiel, um, uh, I can just keep naming Just look at all the Moses, uh, Moses 40, 40 days and 40 nights. God will always remove you from the people and bring you unto himself for a season. He is making you, shaping you, molding you. But if you're so caught up in people and caught up in what people are going to say about you and you're so caught up in wanting to be in a, don't want to give up your position and you don't want to give up your, um, you're, you're, you know, all of this because you, you're scared of what people might say or what the pot, you know, they'll, they'll say you're going to be damned to hell and all that kind of stuff, but you got to go obey God over everything. It doesn't matter. You have to obey him because that's a part of the process of, of him creating and, and, and your purpose for your, your life. All of that hearing God, moving when he tell you to move, staying when he tell you to stay, going when he tell you to go. All of that is the making of a prophet. What did you what do you see, Jeremiah? Oh, I see a boiling pot facing north. All of that. Look, just go through all of the different prophets in the Bible. And you'll see how God will call them prophets unto himself. And you'll see how he'll take them through a stripping process. You'll see it's the same thing. That's why I say ain't no shortcuts in the body of Christ. Ain't no shortcuts in the kingdom of God. You don't go from your calling to David waited how many years before he was king? You don't go from, oh, they prophesied this today over my life and tomorrow I'm doing this. It doesn't work like that because without the stripping, without the development, it would be a disaster. It would be a disaster because you're not developed and you're not mature to handle the things that are going to come. Some things will come to destroy you if, if you don't do it the way God wants you to do it. But at the same time, you don't overstay your welcome. Because if you overstay your welcome, the umbrella protection, which is that grace, is going to be removed. 
And now you fair game for the enemy. Because why? You disobey God. He said obedience is better than sacrifice. Remember when King Saul, when he was supposed to kill the people and, and get the goods and bring the goods back and do all that stuff. And uh, Samuel was like, well, what happened? You know what I'm saying? Like, you, I'm, what's this, what is this ringing I hear in my ear that you were supposed to, that you were doing this and that you didn't do what God told you to do? And he was like, oh, I kept this because we want to sacrifice this to the Lord. Now he said, Lord, the God, God said, destroy it all. Kill everybody. Destroy everything. Don't keep nothing for yourself. So you see what I'm saying? So you have to make sure that you are obeying God. Even when it doesn't look right to everybody else or even when you think, you know, you're supposed to be doing something else. Just make sure whatever God tells you to do, just do it. Now, we don't always get it right and we don't always do everything perfect. But when you know you have messed up, you repent and you get back in line. That's how it works because nobody's perfect. But I am saying this about church hurt. Let God heal your heart. Um, I know that it's, it's, trust me, nobody, I thought, I was crushed because I truly love people and I truly gave my life, you know, to, you know, the things of God and stuff like that. So I know that it's hurtful and I know that sometimes we go into um, things with the right heart and then we're crushed. But God uses that to shape us and mold us. But again, you have to know when to fold them, guys. You have to know when to get in and get out. You got to learn how to chew the meat and spit the bones and keep it moving. Because if you don't, you're going to be destroyed, either one way or the other. And then when you look up, you'll wonder why things are happening that shouldn't be happening. Because now the grace has been removed and the umbrella protection is gone. So I just hope this helps you. And I just want to share my testimony. I didn't go into all the intricate details of the things. And I think I'll do something else on the making of a prophet or... Because there's so many different things that go into this walk and so many different things um, that we experience, you know, as people and children of God. But it's all amazing. And to be called by God is a privilege, is an honor. Um, it's like all are called, but few are chosen. So if you're called by God and you know that God has called you to do something and you haven't moved in it, move in it. Don't be disobedient. Don't worry about what other people say. I'm here to tell you, people are going to talk whether you stay or whether you leave. People are going to continue to talk. And I had to come out in order to really know him because that's the way I met him when I got saved. I didn't get saved in the church. So I already had that, that you know, that intimacy going on without having that validation from the church. And I'm wanna, I want to say this, God has moved a lot of people from the body, from the, from the organized church because his people have been persecuted, criticized, um, done so wrong, and he has had to move people out because what happens when well, it end up moving you away from God altogether. But even when my son asked me, he said, well, we leaving the church? I said, we leaving the church, we're not leaving God. And there's a difference. Stay close to him because obey him above everybody else. And to be quite honest, I love God being over me, my, my, my covering my head. I love it because you know how merciful he is and how patient he is. He's amazing. So I wanted to tell you that because there is purpose in being in certain places at certain times. But also you have to know when to leave and not overstay your welcome. So hopefully this helps everyone. 
Um, and, and, and I'm just going to pray, you know, for the church hurt and for the people that have been wounded by their siblings in Christ and for the things, the things that they don't understand. I want to pray right now with you guys and just to have God to heal your heart and to reposition you. And, um, it's very important that in this prayer that we forgive, no matter how bad I'm telling you, baby, I was, I, I was beat up and ran over. But no matter how hard it is, it's important for us to forgive, to release it, and give it to him. And I know that's easier said than done, but it's possible. It, it is possible. And, it, and, and, and it's vitally important because that's directly tied to your salvation <laughs> and directly tied to you going to heaven and entering the kingdom of God and keeping the prophetic flow and the move of God over your life and getting your prayers answered. Because if you don't forgive people, God will not forgive you and your prayers will not get through. So that is essential. So I just want to pray, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, everyone under the sound of my voice that is listening to me, that I just want to come into agreement that you will heal the hearts of the people that are listening to this um, podcast that is listening, looking at this video, that you will heal the hearts, that you will strengthen their inner man even the more. We just come against every spirit of, of despair, every spirit of loneliness, every spirit of hurt, every spirit of unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment that will try to take the people of God out. I ask, Lord, that you will release the glory light of Jesus to heal their souls from the trauma, from the pain and the disappointment, oh God. Know that all things work together for the good of us that love you and that we are called according to your purpose. So, Lord, we ask that you would just release your angels to heal, set free and deliver your people like never before. That when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord would lift up a standard against him. And we decree and declare, and therefore it is established that they will walk walk and move in you and have their being. That everything that has been sent to destroy them is now, Lord God, healed. We thank you, Lord God, that you're releasing them, Lord, into their purpose and into their destiny, oh God. That you're releasing them and commissioning them to do greater works. You're commissioning them, Lord God, and releasing them that this is the approval that they were looking for. So, Lord, we thank you, Lord God, as we commission your people to be prophets, apostles, teachers, and evangelists, oh God, to be pastors in the name of Jesus. We thank you that they will be released. But Lord, we pray that every hurt that has and trauma that has infiltrated them will not be carried into their ministry. We bind it and we sever it by the roots in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of hurt, every spirit, Lord God, of, of control, every spirit of abuse and every anointing, Lord God, Lord, that is not of you that has been tied to them. Every ungodly soul tie from every leader. We pray that it is now severed by the power and the blood of Jesus. And we release the peace of God that surpasses all understanding into this camera, into these airways right now. Release the hurt. Release the hurt, God says. Release it unto him. Give it to him. Give him the hurt. Give him the disappointment. Give it all to him. He is the only one that can heal your soul. And you do not want to carry that into your ministry. So God says, release that, release that in the name of Jesus and give it to him and watch him do miracles in your life. And we give you the glory and praise, Jesus. We thank you in the name of Jesus. We pray. Amen.